everyone, and welcome back to Crossroads Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 2002 Britney Spears vehicle Crossroads one minute at a time. I'm your co-host Aaron. I'm your co-host James. And we are at minute 71, which begins as last Friday ended with the sign for the Hollywood Bowl in the Hollywood Bowl Museum. And it goes through Lucy saying, I mean, why don't I do something? Right. Let me start by talking to you about the Capitol Records building. Okay. Um, right after the sign for the Hollywood Bowl goes away, uh, we see a large cylindrical building mm-hmm. that looks kind of like uh, a stack of records. This is the Hollywood, or the Capitol Records building. And I double-checked. Uh, Britney Spears is not on Capitol Records, so it's weird that they would, like, just show it. But it's such a, it's such a landmark. Um, yeah. W- it's a th- is, it kind of looked like a lot of this was, like, generic stock footage of L.A., yeah. yeah. Um it uh it's a 13 story building. Uh it was designed by Louis Nadorf. It's one of the city's landmarks, which is probably why they did it. Yeah. Um construction began soon after British company EMI acquired Capitol Records in 1955 and was completed in April of 1956. Located just north of the Hollywood and Vine intersection, the Capitol Records Tower houses the consolidation of Capitol Records West Coast operations and is home to the recording studios and echo chambers of Capitol Studios. The building is a Los Angeles historic cultural monument and sits in the Hollywood Boulevard Commercial and Entertainment District. So that's that building, but we only see it. Yeah, it looks sort of like a hey, go take go take video of Hollywood because the next thing we see is the Hollywood sign. Mm-hmm. So the sign was erected in 1923 and originally read Hollywood Land. And if you're like me, you thought that a Zeppelin crashing into the land part at the end of the Rocketeer was how it became the Hollywood sign, but that is just not true. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was called, it, it said Hollywood Land because there was a segregated housing development in the hills of the Hollywood District of Los Angeles called Hollywood Land. Okay. I don't know segregated which way, but either way, segregation isn't great, so... Yep. But, you know, it was the 20s, so, like, we hadn't even begun to have that conversation yet. So, H.J. Whitley had already used a sign to advertise his development of Whitley Heights, which was between Highland Avenue and Vine Street. He suggested to his friend Harry Chandler, the owner of the Los Angeles Times newspaper, and the lead investor in the syndicate that was developing Hollywood land, to make a similar sign to advertise their land. Chandler liked the suggestion and approved the plan to construct the sign. Uh, Real estate developers called their development... Uh, Hollywood Land, and uh, advertised it as a superb environment without excessive cost on the Hollywood side of the hills, which sounds like it was the white area. I'm not sure about <laughs> if that sounds like you, that to you, yeah, but yeah. Um, there's a bunch of information. Uh, the key point of the next uh, paragraph is that originally the sign had lights that flashed Hollywood Land in succession, which is okay. pretty cool. So each letter is 30 feet wide and 50 feet high. Wow. Uh, but um then it was so it was only designed to stand for 18 months while they were sort of advertising this new development then it didn't uh get taken down then and uh it stood for more than half a century before it like basically slowly started to deteriorate um there was a part of the article about how the letter h was destroyed in the 1940s either by uh the signs caretaker uh drunk driving into it oh or heavy winds, if you believe the Hollywood signed tr- the Hollywood sign trust. So like that could go that could go either way. 
Yeah, the heavy <laughs> winds caused by a car plowing into it. <laughs> right. Um, so then in 1949, the Chamber of Commerce began a contract to repair and rebuild the sign, but they were like, yo, let's not have it say Hollywood land anymore. Let's just have it say Hollywood because yeah. we're not trying to advertise that, you know, whatever. So then they also uh, didn't, they didn't put the light bulbs back in. They weren't going to have it flash Hollywood. Um, okay. So then by the 1970s, it was deteriorating again. And the Wikipedia article was funny. It said, the first O had splintered and broken, resembling a lowercase U, and the third O had fallen down completely, leaving the severely dilapidated, dilapidated sign reading, Hullywad. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious. Hullywad. Welcome to Hollywood. So then they refurbished it again, but this is because of a public campaign by Hugh Hefner of course. to restore this sign. Um, so basically, they got nine donors, because that's the number of letters in Hollywood, Okay. to each donate $27,777.77, which is super fun to say. If you're uh-huh. at home listening to this, please say that number out loud. It's very fun. Totaling... Seven cents short of $250,000, which means that if it had been 78 cents, <laughs> they would oh, have no. had a few two, They would have had two cents. Many. Right, exactly. And, that's, and no one wants the, their two cents. Um, right. So the new, the new letters were 45 feet tall and between 31 and 39 feet wide, so a little bit smaller. And the new version of the sign was unveiled on November 11th, 1978 um, on a CBS television special because it's Hollywood. Um, and then they refurbished it again in 2005, just repainting the letters. So the letters and, that stand right now exist because of Hugh Hefner. Right. And also, if you will let me, I have the list of the other donors. Sure. Let's hear it. Um, so Terrence Donnelly, uh, who is the publisher of the Hollywood Independent Newspaper, uh, d- did the H. Okay. Um, Giovanni Mazza, a, an Italian movie producer, got the O. Okay. Uh, the first O, I guess. Uh, Les Kelly, the founder of Kelly Blue Book, uh, got the first L. Uh, Gene Autry, the guy mm-hmm. that, uh, the country singer that, uh, in my mind, is the guy that uh, is famous for doing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, got the second L. Uh, Hugh Hefner got the Y. Um, Andy Williams got the W. Hugh Hefner didn't want the H. Look, yeah, that's true, but then look at a Y. Um, well, yeah, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that's fair. <laughs> oh, Andy. So Andy Williams got the W. Uh, he is, do you know who Andy Williams is? He's another country singer, isn't he? He's sort of like a crooner. I don't think okay. he's necessarily country. Think, um, like a less dangerous, uh, Burt Bacharach. Um, that doesn't mean anything. I don't know who that is. Okay. Think a, le- a less dangerous Frank Sinatra. Okay. Like, yeah, if you were if you're worried that the thug Frank Sinatra was going to come after you, you'd go Andy Williams. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> he he. Uh, Moon River was his big. Oh, uh, he was the Moon was River guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, um, I say that with, like I know any version of Moon River that isn't Audrey Hepburn. Right, he's the guy that made it a pop song and like a sure. standard. Sure. Um, okay, so uh, the third O or the uh, first of the second set of O's um, was uh, donated by Alice Cooper. Okay. Which was surprising. <laughs> That's my favorite O. Uh, Warner Brothers Records got the second of the second sets of O's. And then Thomas Pooley, a businessman, donated in the name of Michael Williams, who I don't know who that is and he wasn't linked, uh, the D. 
he gave the sign the D. So, well, the O that is owned by Alice Cooper is my favorite letter in favorite. that in that yeah. entire thing. Yes, because yep. it just like what? <laughs> oh, he. Oh, Alice Cooper also donated in memory of comedian Groucho Marx. So, like, rock on, Alice Cooper. Like, it's like double my favorite. <laughs> yeah, right. That's yes. the best letter. So, yeah, it for serious the the middle O of the Hollywood sign is the best letter. The one that was the one that had canon. gone out, right? Or is, uh, or is that the one that I think I think that was the one that that remained not a oh, lowercase okay. U and not fallen down. Got it. Well, so it's <laughs> that like, was the O in wad. It's really the best one. It's the only one that stuck it, you know, stuck through the whole thing. Yep. Yeah. So that's my uh, that's my uh, book report on the scenery that we see that we see as we establish even <laughs> further that we're in Los Angeles. <laughs> right, right. And then after um, we're done to that, we get a really nice shot of the yellow car driving not just down a highway but like along the coast. Yeah, I'm assuming it was the Pacific Coast Highway. Yeah, I was gonna say I think I think it's PCH. If if my extensive road research that I did for later in the week is to be believed. I think that was the PCH. Oh, you did extensive road research. Okay. That's good. I know about PCH because of Veronica Mars. Right. Um, Yeah. Um, I think they would have been coming up PCH. Like, wait a minute, but the, the, the ocean was on their right, wasn't it? Yeah. So they would have been traveling southward. I don't understand why. Oh, cause they had gone through Hollywood. Oh, okay. I see. I see. So they, they came up from Arizona Went basically through Hollywood and then took a left down the coast. Got it. Yes. We're good. We're good. We're good. To the Pacific Ocean. Yes. So, which is Mimi's dream. Which is Mimi's dream. So Mimi gets her dream. She gets to put her feet in the Pacific Ocean, which is freezing. Yeah. They all talk did, quite extensively about how cold it is. Did you notice how they didn't... Like, they did... There was no achievement unlocked. You've yeah. done Mimi's dream. I was so <laughs> mad about that. Like, they made a big deal at the beginning of Lucy being telling Kit, you know, looks like you got your wish. And yeah. we get this whole extended thing for, like, an entire week about Lucy and her mom situation. Which, not, right. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have had that, because we absolutely should. But right. it seems like poor Mimi is such a, like, they treat her like a throwaway character. <laughs> and they should. Or a child. Stay tuned for tomorrow. <laughs> yes. E- yeah, either one. But, like, they treat her... Like she, it's like there. You've got Lucy, and then your secondary character is Kit, and then yeah. Mimi is like your tertiary one who is also there, even though she's the reason they're all there. Yeah, and like she's, I don't know. I love Mimi. Taryn Manning crushes this role. Yeah, and I really think that in the hands of any other actress, this part would have been a throwaway. Like you wouldn't, yeah. you would remember Britney Spears, Zoe Saldana, and there was also someone else. Right. But I think of this movie, and the first thing I think of, of course, is Britney Spears. Right. But then I, the next thing I, well, okay, the next thing I think of is Anson Mount is very hot. But when I think sure. of the trio, Mimi is the second, like, I think, you know, Britney, Mimi, and Kit in that order. Yeah. It feels like a, it should have been like the Britney Spears Zoe Saldana movie, but in my mind, I agree with you. I think that um, it's almost like. A, and did you know that Zoe Saldana was also in this movie? Kind of, yeah, because <laughs> like not because she's doing a bad job at all. No, she's doing a great job, but yeah. I don't know. It's like they the way Mimi is written is yeah. 
she's she's the reason they're all there. She's kind of the the force that is driving this trip. Right. But they don't get the the script itself doesn't give her much. The fact that she is as memorable as she is is entirely because Taryn Manning is such a captivating performer. Like, That's right. TM, TM, TM. TM, TM, TM. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. It made me it made me really mad watching it. I rewound it to rewatch it to make sure I hadn't yeah. missed the moment of yeah. Mimi. Like, even, even just a moment where you see Kit and Lucy playing in the water, and then you just see also on the screen Mimi take a big step and put her foot in the water and like achieve like exactly like you said she unlocks that achievement that she has been striving for since she was 8 years old but yeah. we don't get that at all they're just all already standing in the water splashing each other and talking about how cold the water is she splashes into the water like a golden retriever and Kinda, it's yeah. just like <laughs> i think it almost feels like at some point someone forgot that her wish was uh n- was the pacific ocean thing and not the recording contract yeah. thing that's really that's really what it feels like. It because this this reads as and I don't know they went to the ocean or whatever, or, as opposed to yeah. This is the thing. This is the end point. <laughs> right. It's also possible that they recorded a moment that just didn't make it into the final cut. But I can't imagine right. why it wouldn't have because like there's three reasons that they're going on this trip, and one of them is for Mimi to put her feet in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> I am praying for an outtake where it's it's like a, a, a shot just of Taryn Manning just putting her foot in, going, fuck, that's cold. <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts, and she puts it in. She's like, fuck, that's still so cold. And they're like, a third try, same thing. And it's just like, oh, okay, so they just didn't, they just didn't yeah, get Yeah, and then one. you just hear someone <laughs> off camera go, guys, I don't think we can get this shot. <laughs> That would be lovely. I it it's yeah. been a while since I've watched the credits all the way through, yeah. so I don't remember. Yeah, but um, yeah, Lucy walks up to Ben. Yep, throws some seaweed at him. Uh huh. Which I was watching. My my wife was sitting on the couch when I was watching this, and I was like, ugh. And she's like, what? I was like. She just came up to him and threw some seaweed at him. Yeah. And she was like, well, you know, some people are weird when they're starting a new relationship. I was like, yeah, I guess. This would be an over-relationship. Like, don't throw seaweed at me. That's nature's trash. Yeah. I'm sorry, all you seaweed lovers out there. <laughs> I know that it serves a purpose. And it may even be sea kelp. I'm not really sure. But it was gross, and I hated it. <laughs> sure. I feel like there, there's, a, there's a section of timeline in a relationship where that sort of thing would happen it's yeah. not right at the beginning nope and it's not you know a decade plus into marriage it's like maybe <laughs> within the first year but once you're like firmly established with titles of boyfriend and girlfriend like yeah. i mean you get to a point where you're comfortable enough that the thought of throwing seaweed at the other person isn't going to occur to you right and the point of their relationship that they're at it's too early for seaweed throwing Right. This, this feels very much like, you know what? I bet that Brittany and Anson were at that point yeah. in their friendship. I bet you're right. Where they had been recording this movie for probably three months and spending a lot of time together and just, you know, it was all goof them up good times. So throwing the right. seaweed at each other is fine. Right. If she'd been throwing it at Kit or Mimi, would have been fine. But the fact right. that she's throwing it at this dude that she's just had her first kiss with after a week-long 
what is even happening between them also did he kill a guy right it's i don't i don't i don't like it <laughs> yeah it was bad <laughs> and yeah. he he doesn't i mean like i guess to his credit or whatever better better man than i would have been better person than i would have been uh he doesn't really react at all other than like hey seaweed yeah. i guess yeah he just kind of like and then he just sort of puts it, it aside yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and he puts it aside because lucy has turned to him and said ben you know there are a lot of colleges here in la right and my first thought i was like for is she for su- ben right yeah i was like is she suggesting that he should go back to school while he's here right right <laughs> but then I don't remember exactly what she said, but something to the effect She's of like, like, I could just go to one of them. Yeah, like I could just stay here and yeah. and just, you know, go to school here. And I'm like, well, I mean, that's did you apply to one? Right. It is the summer. It's yeah, it's like, it's now too late. Like you've accepted the program that like you've already sent in an acceptance letter and like you're set and probably tuition has been paid and such. It's a little right. too late for you to transfer in for fall semester. Right. And maybe she's talking about just in general, maybe she's going to go to Southern University for a semester and then and then skip up to to UCLA or whatever, but like or to, you know, UCLA or any number of the other things that I saw in my and there are a lot of colleges oh, I'm in sure. LA. <laughs> and I'm sure some of them have really great medical programs. I don't know anything right. about any school's medical programs because right. I didn't go into that field. But I would assume right. she do we did we decide that we thought she was going to Southern University and that's why she was wearing the T shirt? Uh no, I think I think the best bet on that is that it was Kit's shirt, but um Yeah, because it was a historically black university, right? Right. Which There's isn't been... to say that she couldn't go there, right. but an out of right. state like going going to an all black university in Louisiana seems like a bit of a stretch when she's a white girl from Georgia. Right. Yeah, I think that it's weird that college hasn't really been brought up at all. Yeah. For anyone. I keep except forget- for Dylan goes to UCLA. Yeah, I like- keep forgetting that these kids just graduated high school and Yeah. Yeah, it's there's the relationship between the characters and their own lives in this movie is very strange. Yep. And uh, that's all I have. Yeah. That's, that's all I have for this minute. My last note. Lucy decides that she could just randomly go to California. Yeah. <laughs> schools if she wanted to. Yeah. Um, so I think it's social media time. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Would you like to do social media or do you want me to? Oh, sure. I can do it. Um, you can find our show on Twitter at Crossroads underscore Min. Or you can find us individually on Twitter. I am at Unabashed James. And I am at Unabashedly Aaron. And if you're going on some sort of adding four account Twitter spree and you're looking for a fourth, why don't you add our uh, our network that we're on, the Scavengers Network, which you can find on Twitter at ScavengersNet. Yeah. Make a make it a make it a a four a four make it a connect four. They're just like in the movie. Yeah. Well, you've got Brittany, or you've got oh, Lucy, yeah, yeah. Kit, Mimi, and Ben. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's assign Lucy, Mimi, Kit, and Ben, you, me, our podcast, and our network. Okay. 
I think our network is Ben because it's what gets us to the people. Yes. And also kind of the odd one out in terms yeah. of not being directly James and Aaron. Right. I think our I podcast think you're is Lucy. Mimi. Okay. I think you're okay. Mimi. If our podcast is Lucy, I guess that makes me Kit. I am probably the most high maintenance of the three of us, you, <laughs> me, and our podcast. I'm okay with that. All I right. could be Zoe Saldana. There, cool. There are we, far worse people for me to be than Zoe Saldana. You could be Guy Some Dude, and no one wants to be Guy Some Dude. Not even Guy Some Dude wants to be Guy Some Dude. That is true. <laughs> All right. Oh, but you know what you can also be? What? Best friends forever with me if you want. We will. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.